Good morning. I want to sort of tie the series we did, uh, Blessed or Feeling Blessed. I want to tie it together for the year. And, and this is a good theme um, to start the new year, you know, feeling blessed. And so I want to talk about essentially, and it, it just don't take this as some watered down, you know, but how important it is to feel good about yourself. So we'll start the new year with this message, how, how to feel good about yourself. And I think I've maybe worn this out, but I'll just say it one more time to, to, to bring it together. If you feel good about yourself, um, there's a really good chance you're going to treat other people well. There's a really good chance you're going to live a better life. But if you don't feel good about yourself, you know, there's just a really good chance you're going to be tough to deal with at work, tough to deal with at home, tough to deal with looking in the mirror. And so feeling good about yourself is a very fundamental, foundational, incredibly important thing. And so I just want to reiterate that and tell you why we're talking about it. And, and to sort of drive it home, um, this morning um, I got up early to get my notes ready only to be blessed with Charlie in my lap. And so if my notes aren't that good, um, I had Charlie this morning. But uh, I turned on the cartoon Grinch. Have you seen the new Grinch, the cartoon one? You must see TV, all right? It's a great movie. And, and, and there it was, the whole story, everything I've been trying to say for a month was right there in Charlie's little video, right? His heart was two sizes too small. And you learn in the story that the reason he was having such a hard time treating anyone else good was because he didn't, what, feel good about himself. There it was. And that's it. That's the story. When we feel good about ourselves, and of course by the end, he does feel good about himself, and, and uh, probably a movie we should all internalize and realize those are the things that are probably driving um, driving a lot of the things when we are having a hard time acting the way we, maybe we know that we could or that we should. Speaking of which, if you've ever read the book of Romans, in the seventh chapter is this conflict. Um, this Paul's describing the things that he wants to do, he doesn't do. Right? And the things that he doesn't want to do, he does. And um, this year, somebody blessed our family with a scale. I don't, I don't think I've ever owned a scale where you weigh yourself. So now every morning when I walk to the bathroom, I have to look at that and think, do I want to stand on it or don't I? Right? And you know what I mean? Has anybody ever been there? And then you, who's ever lived in denial and just put the thing away? Just like, I'm tired. Oh, but whatever your relationship is with that device, you would understand Paul when he writes in Romans 7, the things that I want to do, I don't do. Um, who thought they were going to rein it in with the fork during the holidays? Uh, and who didn't, right? That we do, we, I want to do this, and I do. And then he, the, the beginning of the 8th chapter of Romans, this is important, he says, there is no, Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation um, in Christ. There's no condemnation in Christ. And so what, what this is talking about is, uh, I want to refer back, we were talking about these two voices in your head. 
And you, you, you can listen to a voice that's constantly telling you, you're not good enough. Um, you're not worthy. You know, I realized, again, we had all these people here for Christmas, and, uh, I mean, here you are. What are you doing here? It's raining. It's the holidays. You know what I mean? What the heck are you doing here, right? But it, it's packed. There's all these people. You know, it's Christmas. And I, afterwards, I went to a family function, and someone told me right away, they said, oh, I couldn't go forward for communion. And, I'm, and, and they're an extended part of our family. And I go, oh, why? And they're like, oh, Catholic, can't do it. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not practicing well. Or what are the terms if you Catholics can help me with? You know, not cutting the mustard. I'm not doing it right. Whatever it was. And there was just all this beautiful celebration. And then come to find out there's someone like right, right like near in our own family. It's like, couldn't do it. You know, too much piled on years of religious guilt on top, right? And, um, and I got to thinking, man, I have to share that message over and over. Because how many times have you guys, if you've been here, please, if you've been here, you heard me say, this is for everybody. Everybody's welcome. But they immediately go, except me. Except I'm not good enough. Except I'm not practicing well enough. Except God must be mad at me about something. And I think, dear God, what did some people go through growing up in their religious system, right? And, but it's a voice. And can I just put this up there again? From Romans 8, 1, it says, there is no, what? Condemnation. It's, it's not there. Just stop it. You're okay. Put your priest out of your head. Put your old pastor out of your head. Um, get all the old voices. Get your, if you need to, God lover, get your grandma out of your head. Right? Whatever you need to get out that helps you get free so you could find this freedom. It's like there's no condemnation, but condemnation is this voice. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You should be doing better by now. And this isn't just in a religious context. This is in every context of your life. Listen carefully. This is in every context of your life. I went through a phase where, you know, um, I lo of course, love sports. But when I was a kid, I was obsessed. That's all I thought about every single day, every hour of every day. And... I, I, every sport that I could find a way to play, I played. And so I was, uh, you know, jack of all, master of none, you know. But I played this and I played that. And I, and I played basketball growing up in Flint. And then um, I moved to another school. And they didn't know me at this school. And so they didn't appreciate my skills. And uh, so anyway, I had to work my way through the system. And I... I got to a point, you know, I got, my, I got there with football, but I, I hit this roadblock playing basketball. And then the next thing you know, there's a kid younger than me starting. And, you know, I won't get into the politics of what happens when you move to a new school and one kid's dad is the coach and all that, but you got to work your way through the system, right? And I was hitting it. But then once, once that happened to me, this is important, once that happened to me, I was a scared shooter. And if you've ever played the sports, or you know what I'm talking about, you can't shoot the ball scared. You can't shoot wondering if you're going to miss, and then you're going to sit again. 
Now, if you've ever watched good basketball, you, you can see some of the greatest shooters in the world. They'll go cold for, for 20 minutes, miss everything. They're not coming out. Steph Curry's not coming out. Please, please, you know Steph Curry, or, or get out. All right, I mean, I mean he, he, the guy can miss, 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 but then the, the thing you know is one day he's going to make one, and he's never going to stop making them. But when you shoot, you, you shoot with a voice in your head. Listen, you shoot with confidence. It's going in. Of course it's going in. I'm Steph Curry. Of course. What vo- this is so important. What voice are you going to play this year? What voice are you going to play? Now, I'm not going to tell you that I'm not going to tell you that you just turn one off and turn one on. I, I, I'm not that naive, because some of you have been listening to this voice so often. You literally have to retrain your mind to hear a different voice. And once you do, once you do, then you can start to say, there's no condemnation. I'm a child of God, right? Now, you're not better than everybody, but you're not worse than anybody. We're all what? We're all the same. Now, some of us are struggling more than others. Some struggle in some areas more than others. Is this true? And and here's what we learn. Usually, like the Grinch, something happened to the Grinch, and therefore he felt a certain way, therefore he acted a certain way. What a simple story. And you can see he was a little green and grouchy because of something that happened in his childhood that led to a voice in his head. And you say, Chris, I don't believe all that psycho babble. But listen, this is true. The other day I pulled into a restaurant. I was meeting the family for a little Christmas lunch. And when I pulled in, there was a guy next to me that there was only one spot, and he was way over on the line. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, somebody rolled their eyes like, the idiots. <laughs> Why do we do that? I think this is very important. But listen, very because what did I have to do? There was nowhere else to park. I had to do the same thing, didn't I? Now, do I know... Do I know what his circumstances were when he pulled over that line? I don't, but I, along with a bunch of you, just assumed, what an idiot. (laughs) Didn't take time to park straight. But I don't know. Was somebody there who was over and then moved and someone else parked properly? In other words, when when he left, which he left before I did, was somebody else going, idiot. Right? When I'm loading my car. Why would you park over here? It looks perfectly fine next to you. So in other words, we are tied to the stuff that's happened before us and the stuff that's happened to us and what we were left with. Everybody is. Which would help us be very compassionate. I wasn't there. I don't have the video replay of what happened when this parking lot was filled. God's honest truth. Who's ever just under your breath cursed somebody for the way they parked next to you? Like, this idiot. Idiot. Why do we do that? Because we're buying into the condemnation mentality. And we do it to ourselves, and we do it to other people. And what this does, this new voice, is it frees you up. You don't have to be a part of any of those stories. So what you do is you start to believe the better or the best. 
Believe the better story about you. Believe the better story about others. What if the first thing you do is you go, oh, there must have been somebody that crowded his car and left him no choice. Or you see someone behaving a certain way and you go, man, I wonder if that person wasn't as blessed as I was with a good set of parents. Awkward pause. Lots of problem. They should grow up. Really? Does it just happen like that? You just turn a switch on and you overcome? I don't know. Maybe some people, they got someone parked on their line when they were six years old. And shouldn't we be leading the way in terms of compassion? So let's talk about getting the right voice in our heads. Now, there's two. Um, you want a little side story? Since you guys came out, I'll teach you something because Christmas, no one's listening. You know that, right? I can't teach anything at Christmas. So that was just a wash, right? Um, so you want to learn something? Okay. Um, where do we get the word gospel from? Detroit, Motown. Gospel choir. No, it's not where we get the word gospel from. But isn't it interesting that after a while, a word means something in your head. Gospel means, oh, those are the stories about Jesus. No, I know what the answer is. Those are the stories about Jesus. If you grew up Catholic, that's probably a solid answer. If you grew up Baptist, it's, it's the gospel. It's the good news about Jesus Christ, which means you're Baptist. Beautifully Baptist, by the way. But where does it come from? Can I tell you something about the Christmas story that I couldn't tell you during Christmas because I would have got stoned? Can I? The story, let's use the story in Luke, right? Unto you a Savior is born. And to all of us we go, see He's the Savior of the world. This, this is the story. But where, where did this all come from? This wasn't starting with Luke. Luke didn't think of this. This was already circulating. There's a Savior. Unto you a Savior has been born. Now, when we hear that, the first thing you think of is the Christmas story or Linus and Snoopy Cart. Right? Unto you a Savior is born. If you listen very carefully, if you lived 2,000 years ago and you heard this phrase, unto you a Savior is born, what did you think of? Christmas? No. Christmas didn't happen. You thought of Caesar Augustus. Can I show you a picture? I think, Amanda, you can throw it up there. Look at this. See this inscription they found? This was circulating before Jesus, right? Caesar Augustus. And, and it says that they've ordained, and what they did is that Caesar Augustus, by sending him, as it were, a Savior. God has sent us a Savior. Do you know what they did with this? They declared a brand new calendar system. 
Now we're going to start counting life differently because God has sent us a Savior, Caesar Augustus. So now, this was going on. People knew this. Is anybody paying attention? Did anybody get this? What? Should I start all over? This is going on. And then, 100 years later, the Gospels are written. A Savior has been born. What are they saying? We have an alternative story to what you've been hearing. By the way, this Savior, He brought peace on earth. All the phrases that you know so well, peace on earth, goodwill to men, they're all a part of the first narrative, the first story, that Caesar is going to fix it. Caesar's bringing peace on earth. And they announced His birth. They announced His birth. And with his birth announcement, they were going to change the whole calendar system. So what is the story, like let's say in the Gospel of Luke, what's the story? The story in Luke is, I have another story. I have an alternative to your story. To the one you've always heard, this guy's going to save the world. They say, this guy's going to save the world. Get it? No. It's an alternative. You can believe Caesar's going to save the world, and here's how he does it. He rides into town, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and they, have a, they proclaim the good news. This is what they literally do. Good news! Good news! Peace has come to your village. Basically, we've just conquered you. We rode into town, and if you don't submit to us, we'll kill all of you. Isn't this good news? Peace has come. This is literally, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, this is how it went. They would come in, and they'd have people that would proclaim the good news. Where do we get all these phrases from? These weren't invented in church. This wasn't invented in your grandma's church. This was invented before Christ hits the scene. So when Jesus comes, the gospel writers, they come up with it. They go, that's it. We are going to tell an alternative story to the one that's being told. Of course, Jesus proposes to bring peace not through threats and power, right? But through suffering, compassion, a completely alternative way of doing it. Who's got it so far? Now, this doesn't sell well. It took a long time for the whole gospel thing to get going. And by the time it really got going, I hate to say this, we had already changed the story back to power. It was when the church became powerful and the church and the state were one, and that's when she really got going. The gospel really worked best when it was sort of underground. Here's an alternative way. You don't have to live by the sword and die by the sword. There's a different way. Why am I saying this? Because the same thing is true in your head. You have one story going all the time. A story that you believe about yourself, that your pastor told you, that your parents told you, that society told you. Society's a killer. Huh? Or as Paul called it, the world, right? But society's a killer. Facebook's brutal. I mean, in other words, I'm, I mean, whatever, use it, but if you need to, connect with the kids. But I mean, if you're trying to always be that, live to that, aspire to that, you've got to tell yourself a different story. First thing, don't believe that story. Second thing, tell yourself a better story. I think alternative stories are so good 
So you need one for your own life. Do you know the... Um, you know the real meaning of the word Satan, right? I mean, it was a long time afterwards where they capitalized the S because they didn't capitalize things anyway and made him into a caricature, a being with a pitchfork and a tail and horns and he's out to get you. And that's not really what it was. Satan, S-A-T-A-N, right? But the word actually means accuser. Accuser. It wasn't a being or of any sort that drug you down. But it was this idea that there's these voices in your head. These accusing voices. These condemning voices. You know, you're just not, you're just not good looking enough. You know, you're just not smart enough. You know, you're just not godly enough, spiritual enough. You're just not this enough. I won't even look. Who's ever heard this voice before? I, my, hands, my eyes aren't open, but if your hand's not up, you're lying. Everyone's heard this voice. Everyone. That, that pushes you down, that you're not enough. It's, it's condemnation. You don't do this enough. You don't do that. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not fast enough. Because everyone battles with this. You have to come up with something different. Something better. Um, I think Charlie went to the nursery. I was gonna, I was gonna have her walk because she can walk now. All right. Now here's the thing. People always ask you, is she walking yet? And I, what I realize is this is a very loaded question because they have an answer in their head when their kid was walking. And what you have to do is you have to guess what their answer is and beat it. <laughs> I'm learning how this parenting thing works. Right? I'm learning. I gotta guess. What is it? I'll be one month early. In other words. When I, I was going to have her walk and joke because she's not walking, but she can take some steps. Is anybody with me? What a loaded question, right? And what a sliding scale that is. Do you mean like if I hold her like right here, can she fall into that and catch herself? Yeah, she's walking. Or do you mean like she can just go wherever she wants to go? And by the way, speaking of a sliding scale, Who's tripped lately? How you doing? I mean, walking is a very relative idea, is it not? But here's the thing. We all make progress, hopefully. We make progress. So you start, you hold on to the couch, and if you take one step over and you're still standing, you could say, that's walking. You say, well, no, you can't hold on to anything. Okay, so now you can take one step and then you grab onto something. And then you take two steps and then you fall onto something. Or you take three. Does it matter? We call them baby what? Okay, so this is the New Year's assignment. Baby steps. Baby steps. Just take a couple and then fall. It's okay. What do we do? We get all mad, just like Charlie when she falls. You know, she's not hurt, but she's just crying. Ah, right? And you can never tell if she really hurt or not hurt. You just say, get up. <laughs> Flint parenting. Get up, you're fine. Right? <laughs> and each one of us, this is so important, listen. Baby steps. 
just take a baby step. And you're walking. And then pat yourself on the back. I'm walking. But I fell. Not the, not the issue. Not the story we're going to tell. Right? In other words, I can tell you whatever story I want to tell you about whether she's walking. Because I can believe what I want to believe. There's no rule book that says there's 28 steps and then you're walking. You just say, are you walking? Yep. She's walking. Are you walking? Yep. I'm just taking baby steps. I'm overcoming, listen, I'm overcoming the negative voice in my head. Most of us, a lot like the Grinch in some way, at some level. Look here. You're a little Grinchy in some way. At some level. In other words, everybody's dealt with something. Everybody's got... And so a lot of what we deal with is because of stuff that's happened to us. I was reading a great book by a psychologist during the break, and this is what, this is what she said. She sees, she, she sees patients for a living. So every day, he has 50-minute sessions followed by a 10-minute break, 50 minutes to help people with their problems, this therapist. And she starts telling this story about what the, the book is about therapists that go see other therapists. Because it turns out they're human too. And, and she starts talking about her boyfriend, who they were going to get married, broke up with her the night before. Of course, she has to get up, put on the makeup, and pretend everything's good. Just like me, being a pastor. <laughs> Hi, I'm happy. I'm spiritual. You just got to do it, right? She had to get there, and then, and in her mind, she's trying to listen to this guy's problems, and all she's thinking about, this guy dumped me last night. We were going to get married. They had planned, everything was set. And she said, in between sessions, she'd just go in, this, in her little room and just wipe off the mascara and the tears, and then put herself together to just sit there and listen to another session. And she goes, I was listening to... She, now, she makes up names for these people and doesn't, of course, you know. But uh, guy, oh, I can't say it here. I can't say it publicly. No, I can't say it. No. But she has a really cute name for this guy who has very nice white teeth, but is an absolute idiot. And the thing is, he calls everybody idiots. So the whole session, this guy's such an idiot. This, my wife's such an idiot. This guy that works for why? And he, he finally goes, why are the whole world full of idiots? And so what she's got to do is, I have to find a way to get this guy to see what? You know the answer to this one. He's the idiot. So I have to figure some way to help this guy realize He's the idiot. That's the whole problem. Sometimes we have a hard time, we project onto other people what we're dealing with, right? And we have to be able to see ourselves. I might need some help here. I might need to tell myself something different. Now, it's going to be slow because we grow slowly, slowly. A new story. Just start every day. 
Don't go back to that old story. If you fall down, it's okay. Just take another step. A little phrase. There's no condemnation. I'm a child of God. Over and over and over again. You have to get all the old theology out of your head. We already talked about this. You aren't an original sinner. You're an original blessing. Did I I get this through to you guys yet? You are an original blessing, right? You aren't steeped in this and that. You're, 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 You're a magnificent child of God who's got some grinchiness to deal with. How about if we use that definition? We'll put it on our website. You're a magnificent child of God with some grinchiness. We all got grinchiness. Someone's parked on our line. And it's slow. Um, in the 60s, I think it was in the 60s, they started doing research um, on the brain that was uh, sort of helping people understand their, um, you know, their brain types, how the brain works. And, and you know, this side of the brain, the right side, does things that function for the left. You know this, right? Most of you know this. And the left side sort of helps the right. So like when my dad had a stroke, affected his brain. And so it wasn't both hands. He had trouble with one leg. Because if the brain's affected on this side, then this leg has trouble. They've actually done surgeries where they've actually taken out half of someone's brain. And they realize it, it helped in some ways, but then they lost eyesight on the other side. Things like that. Okay? So one side helps the other side. But they've also noticed that one side of the brain sort of focuses on other things that the other side doesn't. I put, I'm put a little um, chart for you. There's a bunch of these. You can find these all. Okay, so let's look at the left side. Ready? Um, left brain, analytical, all right? Detail-oriented, neat and tidy. Who's loving this? Who is speaking? Oh, I got somebody speaking your language. All right. Planning ahead. Excellent language skills. Rule followers. How many rule followers do we got in the house? Punctual. Good at math. Strong control over emotions. Right? Realistic. Loves facts. Give me the facts. Just give me the facts. I don't want to hear about this. Right? Right brain. Creative. Spontaneous. Hey, spontaneous. Looks at the big picture, intuitive, daydreamers, innovative, non-judgmental, artistic, musical, all right? Out of the box thinking, right? So basically, left brain, that's the 9:30 service. Right brain, that's 11:15. <laughs> I figured it out. Huh? Honest to God, they will get here 25. They don't have to get here till 11.15. They'll be here 25 minutes late. This late. Walk right down here while I'm talking, looking for coffee. God, pray for that next service, will you? Just pray for those people. I mean, they're out there. They're drifting, man. All right. So, left side, to oversimplify it, to way oversimplify it, left side's kind of like that logical right? Rational. Uh, right side, maybe more creative, intuitive. I read something this week. I'm like, that's it. That's it. I have a book. I have a book. And 
I think I was going to bring it, but I couldn't find it. But I think it's called Why Right Brain People Are Going to Rule the World. And he starts by saying it's been dominated in our culture by left brained people. Now, let me add one more thing here. Science has sort of proven, it seems like, that we aren't really, really really right-brained or left-brained, that we are all both and that we just start to drift in one space that we are more comfortable. So that whole I'm left-brained or right-brained isn't actually scientifically yet borne out yet. But we, we do tend to drift like, man, I'm more comfortable in this space. Or you learn to survive in this space. I like this space more. We have kids that are more, more logical. We have kids that are more intuitive. And so our, our educational system, which, what is our educational system? Heavy left. You know this, right? Please be awake. Please be awake. Now, they give you one or two classes because they feel guilty. You got to take a music class or something like that. They throw it in there. I played drums in sixth grade for two weeks. Honest to God, I still remember it. I lost my drumsticks, and then I was done. I just played the big bong, bong. I stayed in the back, dorked around, bong. And I'm done. I got my artistic thing covered. So our, our system is set up to reward. So then, and, and by the way, if you have, a, if you have an opposite you know, way with your child, they struggle, and they're not bad people. No one's struggled ever. Okay, I'll talk to this side over here. Uh, but our system, our system, this, listen, this is exactly why people are missing the message of the Bible. Because it's right-brained, and we're treating it, what? left brain. It's poetry after poetry after metaphor after story after this. And we're trying to tear it apart logically. They're all on the radio. They're all on Christian radio. I'd like to argue with you. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so tired. Are you with me? I want to argue with you. Because when I want to argue with you, what is that? Directly take me to what? Left brain hemisphere. You ever read the book of Job? Like Satan somehow has a meeting with God and gets invited from, I guess, hell where he lives. I don't know. Gets somehow. That red suit must be flame retardant. Anyway, he gets out. Are you with me or not today? Are we? And he gets taken up to meet with God and they get to have a bet. Who gets to bet God? I can't tell you how many people I've heard me tell this story. Like they literally believe this happened. They didn't even want, back then, like thousands of years ago, they didn't want you to think it happened. They want you to think, here's a way to think about stuff. No one's getting this? Holy left brain. You know, left brain did us good, though. It gave us science and math. It got us to the moon. And, but don't, don't think you didn't need to mix in some other side along the way. But much of Western Christianity has just been focused on What? One side. There's another side to the story. The other side of the story takes in the big picture, the whole picture, the context. 
I was reading chart after chart. I used that one to show you, but I was reading like tons of them as I was preparing for this. And, and it just said the right side gets it. I thought, that's it. How many conversations have I had with people and they're just locked on to one Bible verse like this, you know what I mean, just salivating over this Bible verse and they don't get it. You ever met someone that knows the Bible but doesn't get it? Dear Lord, they're everywhere. What if the Bible, the story of Scripture, we have to drift into the other hemisphere a little bit? Poetry, art. Did you know most of the book of Job is actually poetry? How do you know when you start reading poetry? I just threw it open just for grinsies. You know, a lot of times, if they think it's poetry, they do italic, uh, italicize it, they inset it a little bit. It's not. It's just, this, this is what happened. And so the left brain says, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on a Christian radio and argue with somebody about how the devil is doing this to you. Instead of going, man, what if, what if we could understand that there's that voice in my head and that accusing voice and I need to stop listening to that one. And I need to start listening to the encouraging voice. How do you do with the accusing voice when people are always accusing you? Not well. There's two stories you can believe. There's two stories. You just get to choose. And I'm here to tell you I think over and over and over again, it's screaming to us, if we could just pause and listen, you're blessed. You're a blessing. Your life is good. God is good. You're good. Where it's going is good. There's bumps, there's bruises, there's grinchiness. Of course, that's reality. Let's not get ourselves lost, but you've got to believe the overriding story.